This episode might contain scenes that include violence and other sensitive details. Listener discretion is advised. Also, do hit the notification bell so you won't miss the next episode. Enjoy! The year is 1974. You're in Chiayi County, Taiwan. The fainting beats of disco music can be picked up in the distance as you stroll along an alley one evening. You walk towards the source of the music and it gets louder and louder. Through the windows of a little restaurant, you see a pair of newlyweds having a toast and laughing with their friends and family. A small poster pasted on the door reads, The Wedding of a Loving Couple, Zeng Peixia and Chen Rei Chin. It might have seemed like any other wedding in 1974, and the couple might have seemed like any other couple, happily married and eager to start a loving family of their own. That's what the couple did. Chen Rei-chin and his wife had a beautiful family of three kids, a son and two daughters. But this loving family would soon have their world ripped apart and their lives taken from them by the man they regarded as their father. You see, Chen Rei-chin had a crippling addiction for gambling. His greed for money inhibited him from thinking clearly and he started betting more and more. Because of his gambling addiction, he had owed loan sharks huge sums of money and in order to pay them off, he thought of a plan. A plan involving violence, murder and fraud. Within a period of time spanning close to three decades, this evil and sinister plan actually worked in his favour which led him to amass over 1.2 million US dollars of fraudulent insurance payouts. Chen Rei-chin would become one of the most infamous serial killers in Taiwan, murdering again and again to feed his greed for money in exchange for the lives of his family. This is Heinous an Asian true crime podcast brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by OneUp Media. During the Qing Dynasty in the 1700s, Chiayi County was known as Zulu San. In 1787, Zulosan came under attack by rebel forces from the neighbouring provinces. The rebels had decimated the population, which forced the Emperor of China to send its troops to quell the rebellion. Eventually, the situation got under control, with the Emperor's army executing all remaining rebels. As a result of the people's loyalty and devotion to the emperor, the city was renamed Chiayi, which translates to Commended Righteousness, a name given by the emperor himself. Nowadays, Chiayi County is a beautiful and mesmerizing city 
bordered by vast mountains on one side and an endless blue sea on the other. But it was also home to one of Taiwan's most infamous criminals, Chen Rei-chin. Born on the 25th of July, 1949, Chen Rei-chin grew up in the area and graduated from the National Chiayi University with a degree in horticulture. With an interest in engineering, he then enlisted in the Air Force, where he was commissioned as an officer and quickly rose through the ranks to become a captain. However, his career in the Air Force would be cut short. According to our research, Chen Rei-chin had been dismissed by the Air Force due to a poor evaluation in his performance. After his dismissal, Chen Rei-chin found a new position as an oil allocation engineer in CPC, a petroleum, natural gas, and gasoline company in Taiwan. However, this stint only lasted a few years as the petrochemical industry was hit by a recession which forced the CPC Corporation to lay off its employees. One of them was Chen Rei-chin. Devastated with the news, he desperately tried to find a new job. However, he was faced with multiple rejections and remained unemployed for a period of time. Throughout this period of job hunting, Chen Rei-chin let his addiction for gambling consume him, placing multiple large bets every day on a lottery called Mark VI, a 6 out of 49 lottery-style game with millions of dollars as cash prize if you had matched all six numbers. He was completely addicted to the lottery. He even had a small notepad which he carried on him to mark down numbers which he saw in his daily life, which he would study day and night. He believed that it was fate that brought him and the auspicious numbers he saw together. His last job application was for clerical work at the finance section of the Chiayi County Township Office. His job was stable drawing a monthly salary of 2500 US dollars. Back in the 1980s, this was considered to be an adequate sum of money for a man to support his family. But Chen Rei-chen was no ordinary man. Because of his gambling habit, he began to accumulate a large amount of debt to Taiwan's notorious loan sharks. These loan sharks are usually members of organized crime groups offering loans with exorbitant interest rates specifically targeted at vulnerable people such as those with an appetite for gambling. If a borrower were to default on their payments, these loan sharks usually resort to violent and aggressive methods of harassment to collect debt. Trapped in a continual cycle of debt, most gamblers continuously fail to free themselves for years, no matter how hard they try. With the loan sharks on the heels of Chen Rei-chin, he needed to find a way out, fast. It's 1985, inside the Chen household. His wife Peisha was taking a shower in the toilet when she accidentally slipped and fell. With blood dripping from her head, she crawled and inched out, desperately seeking help. 
She tried to scream, but for some strange reason, nothing came out. Her vision began to be laced with dark, empty spots, and the excruciating pain of her fall began to set in. At this point, she could no longer move. As she slipped in and out of consciousness, the last thing she heard was screaming and an ambulance. Several days later, Peixia opened her eyes and found herself lying in a bed at the hospital. Every time she tried to get up, the immense pain coming from her head would force her to lie back down. She looked around the room, helpless and scared. The room was dead silent, apart from her heavy breathing and the beeping sounds which indicated that she was alive. She looked at the clock on the wall and squinted her eyes in an attempt to sharpen the blurred images before her. It's 3am in the middle of the night. Peisha then heard the sounds of footsteps and saw a figure shaped like her husband standing at the doorway. She felt comforted, reassured and positive that even if the entire world was on the brink of collapse, at least her husband was by her side. That was the last thought she ever had. Her husband, Chen Rei-chen, then grabbed her by her feet, dragged her off the bed and slammed her head into the ground again and again, killing her. Blood was pouring out from her skull as he let go of her body and tossed it aside. Panting from the effort, he took a seat to catch his breath. His wife Peisha was his first victim. And as he looked at her corpse on the floor, he uttered to himself, Now, I can get the money. Later on, Chen Rei-chin phoned the insurance company and lied to them that his wife had fallen off the bed, hit her head, and died as a result. You must understand that this was all back in the 1980s. So, insurance claims were settled in a rather straightforward and no-questions-asked manner. Once the payments were settled, it appeared that Chen Rei-chin had successfully swindled 75,000 US dollars from the murder of his own wife. No one ever posed questions about her death because people generally understood that it would be a sensitive and delicate subject. At the time, her cause of death was noted as intracranial hemorrhage by both the hospital and the insurance company. No one could have predicted that a man like Chen Rei-chin would go so far as to kill his own wife to feed his gambling greed. For a man who was a university graduate, a former Air Force captain, and a father of three, this was a crime that was simply unheard of. Now, with the money he's made, Chen Rei-chin was itching to gamble again. Hey listeners, as we continue to revive more Asian true crime stories, we hope you continue to support the show by giving us a 5-star rating on Spotify. Just six months after the death of his wife Peisha, 
Chen Reichen actually remarried, this time to a woman named Wang Xuwing, who was a primary school teacher in Chai. Sure enough, the time taken to mourn the death of his first wife before his second marriage was a little short. But who could say anything about it? Perhaps it was a mechanism for him to cope with the pain. Perhaps he couldn't deal with being alone. The city of Chai wouldn't know then, but Chen Reichen only had one thing in mind: money. He knew that his second wife had a son from a previous marriage, but he didn't mind. In fact, he adopted him and treated the boy like his own. It's unclear what happened to the boy's biological father, but records state that he was never really present throughout the kid's life. The boy, who was 15, finally had a fatherly figure to look up to. But while the boy saw Chen Reichen as his pillar of strength, Chen Reichen saw in his newly adopted son. An escape, an escape from death. On the evening of April twenty-first, nineteen eighty-eight, there was silence in the Chen household. It was late at night, and Chen's fifteen-year-old adopted son had not yet returned home from tuition class. According to our records, nineteen eighty-eight. Was a particularly rough year for Chen Reichen's gambling record. He would consistently lose nearly every bet he had placed. As a result of his greed and the false promise of recuperating his losses, he started to incur even more debt until eventually running out of money to repay them. This sense of frustration made Chen Reichen easily triggered by anything. He would appear calm for a minute, but instantaneously snap at anyone if they had crossed him. Once again, a helpless Chen Reichen sat down in the living room and thought to himself, "I did it once, I can do it again. Just once more for me to pay off the debt. This time, I think I'll be able to get more. Just once more." Just once more. He sat still as he repeated these thoughts in his head, almost as if he were in a trance. With this money. I'm going to win everything back. The young boy walked into the house, only to see his stepfather standing in the living room, staring at him in rage. Chen Reichen walked towards the boy, gathered all his strength, and slapped the boy across his face. The impact of the slap had caused the boy to lose balance. And sent his head slamming against the door. Blood started to trickle down from the top of his head, and he was immediately rushed to the hospital. Worried and anxious, his mother Wang Shuing sat beside the boy for several days, caring and comforting him as he recovered. She placed her hand on her son's and said, "Your father doesn't mean it." He's just going through a tough time now. Please, please don't blame him. As she wiped a tear from her face, she heard the door to the ward open. It was Chen Reichen. He had come to see the boy. Apologetic and red-faced, he persuaded his wife Xuing to head home and get some rest. He assured her that he would take over her duties for the night, so she could return the next day to prepare for the boy's discharge. Shuing packed the bags, kissed the son on the cheek, and left.
Dad, is that you? The boy said as he struggled to open his eyes. Dad, I'm sorry for coming home late. I won't do it again next time. Chen Rei-chen stood beside the bed and listened. For a moment, the buzzing of the fluorescent ceiling lights, the uninterrupted sounds of heart rate machines, and the faint chatters of nurses outside became awfully familiar. It transported him back to 1985, when he was alone, desperate, and staring at his late wife as she laid on a bed. Then, it was as if a blood-red light bulb gleamed above his head. Chen Rei-chin then looked at the boy and told him, Let's talk. Um, we'll talk about this when we get home. In the middle of the night, after the boy had gone to sleep, you could hear the sound of the door closing, followed by a lock, and then curtains. Chen Rei-chin stood beside the bed for a minute and whispered to himself, Just once more. I did it once, I can do it again. Chen Rei-chin grabbed the boy by his hair and collar, then slammed the boy's head continuously against the wall behind the bed. The impact had caused the boy to develop a massive brainstem hematoma, which is when blood is collected in the brain tissue or underneath the skull, putting pressure on the brain itself. When that happens, the supply of oxygen to the brain is interrupted and the body begins to die from the inside. Once he was sure that the boy wouldn't stand a chance, he set him down and tucked him back in the bed. He then flattened the creases on the boy's hospital gown, tidied up the blanket, and sat back down to catch his breath. He looked at the boy's chest, watching for signs of life. But nothing. He was motionless. This was when he sounded the alarm. Seconds later, doctors and nurses rush into the ward, trying their best to resuscitate the boy. But it was too late. Hello? This is Chen Rei-chin. I'm calling to make a claim on my insurance. My son, unfortunately, has passed away. How soon can you make the payment? In the next episode, we'll learn the extent of Chen Rei-chin's greed and the several other people he sacrificed in order to feed his crippling gambling addiction. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast brought to you by Mediacorp and produced by 1UP Media. If you would like to share some feedback or suggest other cases that you would like us to cover, head on down to our website at asiantruecrimepodcast.com. This episode was researched, produced, and written by Yo Guang Jin with audio engineering by Ethan Sam. Special thanks to executive producers Danny Cordy and Barry Toh from Mediacorp. We hope to see you again soon in the next episode of Heinous. Hey